Hello to this podcast. Hello? Wow. There we go. So awesome. Welcome to this podcast. We call it Two Wizards and a Mic, where we are people that like to play D&D. And, uh, of course, as always, our great sponsor, Kwood Publishing. If you don't have a book from Kwood Publishing in your library, you have not played D&D. <laughs> How are you doing, sir? I, I, I understand that that uh, you were playing, uh, you were rolling some dice last week, a bit too hard, and uh, you've uh, you've done something there. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's Shane, our uh, introduction expert, and I'm Andrew. And yes, I've done something to my neck, so I have a limited range of movement tonight. So, uh, well, to get right to it, uh, what are we talking about today? What is on your mind? We're talking about how do you organize a D&D group? How do you get some people together to play D&D, the best game ever made? Now, the last time I put together a D&D group, uh, it was people that I knew. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, I didn't have anybody that I had to invite in or, or find uh, just randomly. Um, I think I joined your group by being invited by somebody who I can't remember now um, and just showed up randomly and it was like a, hi, how's it going? Let's mm -hmm. play some D&D &D, and if you suck, get out of here, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I was not polishing any armor, uh, but um, yeah, it, it, uh, that's kind of my experience. I mean, previously to that, I mean, you know, I was 12, so <laughs> kids in the neighborhood, stuff like that, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we mentioned that before. Like, I, I started when I was nine or 10, um, and it was just some kids at school who said, Hey, do you want to play this game, Dungeons and Dragons? I'd never heard of it, but there was snacks involved, uh, there was football involved. Um, oh, that's that's different to me. That's from my experience. Football. Yeah, yeah. We took cool. breaks, we'd play for the whole day. And we'd play for a while, then we'd go outside and play football in this big yard and uh, you know crash into each other and um get some good exercise and sunshine and then go back in and we get a big snack from this guy's mom and uh drinks and we go back we play for another hour or two then we go back outside play football <laughs> um it was great it was very like it's very stranger things they have got it in my opinion they've got it pretty close to what it was like back then when you know when our parents didn't watch us well, we exactly. just did whatever we wanted. Yeah, well, I, I played in the backyard uh, for a little while. Uh, we tried, uh, I guess, what would be called LARPing uh, in this day and age. But, I mean, when you're 10 years old and you make a sword out of plywood and run around the local forest, I mean, that's not really LARPing. But, but it was kind of fun to do that, just kind of get outside to have your imagination kind of fill in the creatures and that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, it was a blast. And I think uh, as a kid, it definitely... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it like you would play all night a couple times you know as much as a you know a 10 ish you know year old kid can mm -hmm. do because eventually when i was 10 i remember staying up late and that was like 1 a.m maybe but uh but yeah we played a lot um what about this day and age like how with the advent of the internet yeah has it made it well, harder or easier Oh, way easier. It's totally changed everything. I mean, it was so hard to find players back in the day. Um, 
yeah, I mean, back then it was just really word of mouth for the most part. And there were conventions, but they weren't attended like now with tens of thousands of people. And obviously the internet has changed everything. In fact, that's one of the reasons I got back into it um, was because I realized um, why well, I'd forgotten about the game and playing Skyrim, I realized, oh my God, why did I ever stop playing this? And uh, then I realized with the internet, it must be really easy to find people. So yeah, that's how I got, and I immediately found a group. Like it was like the first, maybe the first group I contacted was the first one that I went back with. Um, so now, yeah, you've got people finding each other on uh, Discord is a big one. Um, obviously yeah. Twitter and Facebook. Um, you can still go to your gaming store, but there, there's even actually, there's a bunch of sites that will help people find groups too. Um, oh, really? If we can, we could add some of those later to our, uh, to the, uh, to the uh, comments below. So there are tons and tons of ways and you have a huge variety of groups um, where back in the day, you just, if you, you were lucky if you found a group. Yeah, I know that as a teenager, uh, with the exception of one group, which was I played with that uh, were just a bunch of uh, of BBSers pre-internet days, um, and we got together once in a while, and, and it's sort of, I had like four or five groups, you know, that would play so every so often, you know, like every maybe, I don't know, month or two, yeah. um, and so I had a bunch of those sort of on the go for a while, uh, but that definitely was because we had actually met in person because we were online doing the whole BBS thing. Yeah. And, uh, and then the internet came along and that went away and, but yeah, I, I guess I've been, I've been kind of lucky as an adult. I've actually found cool people like right out of the gate to kind of play with. Um, I've only had one group where I met up with for a little while and wasn't quite the game style I liked. So yeah. Yeah, it's, we're, you know, it, it's a, you know, these groups are living things. So um, you're, yeah, you have to see how they grow and change. And um, we can talk about that a little bit more. Um, and definitely running a group is easier, again, by using the internet or using texts. It's easy to get a Facebook page or a Discord server um, where you can organize the group about um, scheduling and, um, you sometimes give a little summary to the group so they can remember what they were doing. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a major problem with that. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, like in our group, um, we also often put up the pictures of the characters that are playing and I'll have on a Facebook page, or I'll have information about them. Sometimes I'll put up the NPC images or maps. So people have a better idea of, of what's going on in the campaign. So there's so many tools you can use now. Um, there's also, you know, starting a group, really you wanna right away set ground rules and boundaries are healthy. You, you know, just, oh, just starting, no matter what you're doing with a group, <clears throat> you know, you have, to, you have to decide what is your game gonna be like <clears throat> and um, what are your rules? Like for us, um, you know, our rules, uh, one of the main ones is we don't use technology at our table. <clears throat> so no phones, no tablets, no iPads. Um, obviously people can have their phones nearby if they need them. <clears throat> and if it's very important, um, you know, if somebody's expecting a really important call or if an emergency happens, obviously things change. But in general, we have no tech, 
no phones. We use pen and paper. The only tech we do use is for music. And music um, and uh, photo montages. Of course. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> those are always important. Taking photos of the table, very important. Um, or or when three, uh, was it two or three of your characters die within like a couple of minutes of each other with really bad roles. <laughs> that was unreal. That was unreal. Shane and another player had death saves and they both rolled ones back to back. We go around the table. Shane and the other player both roll ones again back to back. <laughs> the loudest eruption of our, at our table ever. That was insane. Two players just died. Two characters just died like that. It was just, oh, I'll, that is a blazon on my mind. I'll never forget that. The odds of that <laughs> happening? It's crazy. It, it absolutely nuts. And I I seem to recall that you had some people online like, reacting in very similar ways, like they had the same sort of experience uh, or similar experiences. Yeah. Another rule we have is no swearing. Um, yes. Another rule, the main rule really is respectful play. And uh, every group is going to be different, um, the things they want. Um, we don't really have horror games. We have really... Uh, a limit to the amount of gore, blood, and guts that we describe. Sometimes we have yeah. romance, but again, there's boundaries to that. We don't go into too much detail. And um, you have to decide as a group what the game is going to be like. And you can yeah. very you can make some very simple rules and um, really set out what your games are going to be like. And it, they're games. It's not. It shouldn't be that complicated to figure it out. Yeah. Um, there is this new idea of a session zero. So before you even start playing, you have a session where you organize things and you set out your rules. Personally, I don't see any point in it. I think you can organize the group very easily before you, those kind of things yeah. before you play and make very simple rules. The idea that you're going to be able to create a situation where there's never going to be any conflict is just unrealistic. And there's never going to be anything that comes up. You know, as adults, when things come up in our lives, we deal with them, we talk about it. So I think this session zero idea personally is, you know, you can start playing your game. You don't need to have like a pre-game, you know, it's, uh, it doesn't, I don't see the point of it. Um, I think it's part of the new virtual virtue signaling or virtual signaling sometimes. Vir vir virtual. Virtual. Well, I yes. mean, that, I mean that's so true because you never can predict somebody's going to have a bad day at some point, and they might sure. say something stupid to somebody else, and the other person might be offended by that or whatever. Yeah, and something's I mean, going to come up. Like maybe somebody really is afraid of spiders, and there's a giant spider in the game. You can just say, yeah. "Hey, I'm I've got a big thing against spiders. Can you stop? Like, that's it's just not my thing." But and that's what adults do is when things come up, we talk about it, we figure it out. I don't exactly. think you need to have a, a little rule list uh, or a massive list of things that might come up that. Yeah, you do don't, you, you don't, you don't need to, you don't need to uh, borrow trouble or, you know, try to predict every single thing that could actually happen at a table because it's not going to be, there's, there's no way that is healthy in any, in any way, shape or form. I, no. I'm, I disagree with that kind of stuff entirely. Like just play as stuff comes up, you deal with it in the moment. 
deal with it afterwards. And like I had a, um, I was in a, in a, in a theater production many years ago. And, uh, one of the things that the director wanted us to do in a particular scene where, um, we had to like shake each other like simultaneously. And the other performer was freaked out because I guess they'd had some sort of experience in the past that they just mm-hmm. reminded them of. And that was totally fine. So that kind of stuff, you know, was talked about. It was fine. And we changed the whole thing just to sure. not inflict any other trauma to the person. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to, you know, the group rules, uh, we're, generally speaking, I'm, I mean, I'm speaking of adults playing the game. Um, we are adults. We are able to get together. And if conflict arises, we can all deal with it as a group or, you know, somebody can go outside into the hallway and talk to somebody else and they can work it out or whatever. It, it's, it's, it's not that hard. And again, yeah. back to what you said earlier, it's a game. We're supposed to be having fun. Like what is, yeah. what is the point otherwise? Yeah, exactly. 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 So, yeah. It's, uh... All right. Um, so part of also, as I said, running these groups, is that these things are alive. These are living creatures, really, a group organism. Um, yeah. And you have to do things to maintain it and nurture them. And one of those things is you don't want to obviously have a problem dungeon master, problem DM, or problem players. And people wonder yeah. sometimes, well, how do I deal with this? Well, like we've just talked about, you talk to the person and you explain what your issue is and you try to work it out. If you can't, it's just a game. There's no need for drama. There Now there are many, many groups for most places. Maybe if you live in a very small town, you might have to find an online group because the local people, it just doesn't work. But for, yeah. for most people, we have a lot of choice now with the advent of the internet and playing virtual games that it is much easier to find an alternative group if it doesn't work out with another with one for whatever reason. And we've, Shane and I have been in groups where the it doesn't work out with a player. Um, and I've been in groups as the dungeon master that a player's talked to me um, about something they, they wanted um, to bring up. In that case, it was that their player wasn't getting, wasn't getting in danger enough. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I haven't I said, almost died to this week. I really yeah. need to, to be, I need that sort of Magnum PI feeling when I'm playing the game. Yeah. So I, I said, you know, to that player in particular that, um, you know, I'll, I will try to make it more dangerous because my games actually are pretty challenging, but the dice is oh, actually yeah. what's in charge. And sometimes the dice just don't work out that way. Um, but um, those kind of things, again, you can talk to people and, and figure it out and you know we're just playing having fun if it doesn't work out let's you know let's change it exactly and and there's and again you can't predict any of that stuff i mean there's there's ways to deal with it i mean when you have like a um i don't know you you have a a, a conflict or somebody is just not having any fun then you know it's okay for it's okay for people to leave if they want to go and say you know yeah. what i'm taking a break i'll i'll, I'll come back in a month uh, or two months or whatever whatever time they need and that way that warns like dms and stuff to be like okay well suddenly uh, an alien ship comes out of nowhere and beams this character up and they're just suddenly right. gone you know you can actually figure out ways to to make right. the storytelling work because that's kind of the most important piece in terms of continuity for people to kind of follow a story and whatnot yeah that's very true 
I actually enjoy that part of it. I mean, obviously you want everybody to be there every week, but, and I have that question a lot from other DMs, you know, what do you do if a player misses sessions? Well, to me, you know, it happens. Um, our minimum to play with our group is we have to have two players on the DM because we still find that is quite fun. Usually if that happens, I give each player an NPC to play, which in that case becomes a sidekick yeah. character. Um, and that works very well because I've done that a few times where we've had only just, th you know, three people and uh, yeah, and it works well. It's it's not a big deal and it just continues on the story and you don't have to worry about, oh, suddenly there's half the party missing because of a vampire attack or something, you know, weird. Yeah, yeah. And I I enjoy trying to figure out in the story how, you know, why is this player not here? And then you have to think about, you know, how can they get back? So you have, sometimes you have to be very creative. Once The most difficult was once when the party was surrounded in a circle by a group of people. And one of the party who was surrounded by the group of people the next week wasn't there. So there- Was, was that the beer explosion? Yeah. Okay, exactly. sorry, t that, that is brilliant. Tell, tell that story. Exactly. That well, luckily I had something to help me, which was at the end of that episode, uh, a, I think it was a magic bean had been planted and it erupted in a geyser of beer, of mead. And that was the end of that last session. Now a player whose character was in the middle of that circle of people where the geyser erupted was away. So I suddenly realized, oh, I know. I can have the explosion from the geyser throw this character clear. And right there, there was a river. And I said, <laughs> you know, the character's thrown clear. Uh, I think it was a barbarian was thrown clear into the river and they just get carried away. So now the party knows like, okay, they're out of the story. Obviously sometimes a party will, will try to do something about a character that I've written out of the episode. And then I'll have to make it very clear, very quickly, like with this one, for instance, that they're gone. You can't get them. They're... You'll have to find them, It'll, but you know, they, it might take you a while to get there or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I seem to recall like in that particular episode, I think um, the beer became like a, uh, like a river or something. And, and uh, I, I'm trying to remember exactly where, where exactly we were, but we had to get, we got washed away and we had to like, the episode became about okay. Well, you've you you you're you're in a river of of mead. What are you gonna do? Like you're being swept to you know this corner or something or to a, a drain of some sort. And uh, but it worked out is my is my point. But yeah, was, yeah, uh, no, it definitely worked out that <clears throat> the player now was out of the story temporarily, which is what you want, and then have some way that they could get back. Um, another humorous one in the same campaign was when you were away. And your large Goliath barbarian was still oh, with yes, the group. Yes. And it was an isolated small village. And at that point, you were actually, I think you were in a cave nearby. And so I couldn't just have you. Yeah, it was somehow I couldn't just have you um, disappear out of the cave. So I had that there was a cave in that knocked you unconscious. And for the rest of the episode, they dragged you around like that 80s movie. Uh, 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 oh, uh, Bernie. Uh, Bernie's uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's, yeah. So you were you were the Weekend at Bernie's character for that whole session. They just dragged <laughs> around this unconscious Goliath. 
And for quite a bit of the episode, they just propped you up next to the gate by the village with the town guards. <laughs> and they knew that you'd be watched to a certain degree. <laughs> I'm just yeah. picturing that happening inside of a very deep dungeon somewhere that would take more than a session to get out of. And it'd be like, yeah, we'll prop him up against that door. We're going to take a long rest, prop him up against that wall. because. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a fantasy world again. So the dungeon master, you know, like as far as keeping people on track, it's not that hard because you can make anything happen. Uh, and the same with writing characters in and out. Again, it's a fantasy world. You can make anything happen as the dungeon master. So, so use it. So, I never concern myself. If people are away, that's their business. We'd like them to be there, but if they can't make it, that's life. It, again, it's just a game. And um, so there's fun ways and creative ways that you can write characters in and out. It is always a challenge, but uh, but I mean, we keep coming back to it, but you know, it's just a game and it is supposed to be fun. Yeah. You're not going to need to be, I mean, Part of the thing that I am really weak on and I'm trying to get better at is is the whole backstory thing with a character where that, you know, whatever you create can actually help the game move forward because the DM might go, oh, that's really interesting. I like that. Right. That's cool. That's cool. And, you know, may or may not work those things in. And I think I've had characters that have had parents that show up or siblings and stuff like that. So, um, but at the end of the day, like um, being able to, give life to the characters i think also gives life to the players because they have more fun and they have more of that sort of excitement and and i think when people are having fun they're not at really ever at a stage where they have they they come to loggerheads with either the the dm or or with each other um i've only ever had that really once and that was a long time ago mm -hmm. and uh but uh you know at the end of the day it's it's kind of it, it's about playing it's about yeah. adult play and kid play and like play of all kinds yeah yeah and, exactly uh, yeah. yeah and it's a really good point you make about dungeon masters including characters backgrounds that is one way you can actually nurture the group really well and i i i you know i love it the more yeah. the characters give me the more i can make sure their characters immersed in the story and sometimes it can add really really interesting things into the game um, and like you said, it's really interesting when characters have family or wives or other characters that you could bring in. I know somebody in our group often has arc rivals, have arc enemies, and I always bring those characters in. And sometimes they become <laughs> a major player. So it's a really great way of making sure you're including everybody, which is obviously nurturing the group. Just the same way that when you're running the game, you want to make sure you give people their turn and that their character has a chance yeah. to be in the spotlight. Those are the kind of things you need to do to make sure that everyone's involved. Exactly, because there's nothing... And another thing, actually, that is is the worst thing, but is also kind of a, a, a hidden benefit, where if your character does die, uh, you actually have the chance to bring to life a, a brand new character. Mm -hmm. And you it's kind of it's almost like you are being able to step into the same story from a different perspective and and yeah. uh and that kind of stuff and i like that sort of stuff happening once in a while because i mean we had that that the, the double one uh death 
that that particular session and then it was able to oh well i can put that character to bed and i can actually create this one now and try something completely different because i think that also gives players the opportunity to to work together as a group because suddenly it's like oh joe's dead who's barry like barry walks in you know or is introduced you know a little while later and it's suddenly it's like oh well he was playing that character she was playing that character and suddenly i have to interact with that person differently and and that character differently so uh, that kind of adds some excitement, I think, that, that kind of, you know, over time, these things all together really kind of bond the, the groups together. And I, and I, I mean, I've heard of people that have been playing together for like, you know, 30 years. And, uh, yeah. and that's, that's kind of incredible that they actually are able to do that because, you know, life gets in the way and, and it's still amazing. So. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty incredible. There's a, a legendary group, I think, in Ontario somewhere here in Canada. Um, that has been playing for 30 or 40 years. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing because most groups aren't together that long. Campaigns aren't that long. Uh, we've yeah. been together for over six years now, which is pretty good. Um, yeah. And then what we've had two campaigns that, from 1st to 20th. Oh, which were before my time and I'm waiting to get to the level 20. I have not been a level 20 for a while. Uh, it's been a while. You were you were in one. You it, you had a few really? characters though. Yeah, in the the um the dragonfly campaign went to twentieth level. Oh right. Okay, you're right. You're but right. You, I totally like forgot. you said, your good point about yeah. you know when characters die that it's a great chance to to bring some new energy into the group and kind of reset things. It's true. In that campaign, you had at least two characters die. I think you I had Raven the me, I've had like many die. Was, yeah. Oh. Yes, I had. Uh, was that the was Raven the first? Uh, yeah, Raven, yeah, Raven was killed was by goblins. Uh, he got yeah, separated yeah. a bit from the party, and he got killed by goblins in the woods. Yeah. I don't remember who your next character was. I'd have to look. I have tiefling. All the still, I bet you it was, was a tiefling. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> like Tamer was it Temerity was one of yours? Tamera, Tamera, Tam. You had two I'd have to look at it, but yeah. You had two you had two tiefling characters around the same time. It could have yeah. been Temerity. It was one of your I'm sure it was one of your tieflings. And then she died too. Yeah. If I correctly, yeah. I've forgotten who replaced <laughs> that one. But yeah. I mean that's the cool thing about about these kinds of uh things where you have these characters that you really get to know and really get to enjoy and, and so do the other people I, I at least I hope. Uh mm. in our group anyway, there's definitely some camaraderie around, you know. Uh, you have certain characters playing and it's like, oh, wait, remember when that character did that thing? And that was hilarious. And we have to do that yeah. again. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, and, that's yeah, the I best like part. That stuff. Oh, yeah. Agreed. That's the best part. Like, you know, my wife doesn't play yet. Uh, she will soon start playing in our family campaign, which is going to star Elsa and Anna, by the way. Um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm predicting it might be in a frozen land. So uh, my wife, you know, when she sees us play, she just says, you guys are sitting around a table laughing for four hours. That's what she sees. And yeah, that's the best part. And like you say, you can talk about things that happened years ago, ridiculous thing, like another classic moment early in our, early in our first campaign. And now we've had about at least half a dozen campaigns. Early in a first campaign, uh, one of the sorcerer, a sorcerer was chasing a thief across rooftops and he was by himself at that point and he cast a spell and he was a wild magic he's a wild magic sorcerer 
So he had, and he had to roll on the wild magic table and he got it a uh, wild magic effect. He turned into a potted plant and um, a flower pot. And the, so I had the thief turn around, walk back and just kick him off the roof. <laughs> um, somehow that character survived. He survived pretty much that whole campaign too, I think. And um, but that was one of the other classics that, yeah, I've got you, I've got you. You don't have them. You don't at um, all. This is not going to go well for you. No, no, no. <laughs> so there's a lot of those classic moments. I think another thing too to remember is that these groups, you know, as they as they're alive, they change. It's never going to be exactly the same. That's very unlikely. Like the like the amount of people who are in it, the exact members, um, you know, even your schedule, like our schedule has changed over the six years. Our our membership has yeah. changed. There's now one player from the first night six years ago. Two players from maybe the second night. And after that, you're the next senior player. I think you might've joined us a year later or two years. Yeah, later. I think I think I've, joined in like year two or three yeah yeah we could actually tell if we went back into the podcasts okay yes. <laughs> we do talk about that quite a bit yeah um but yeah i mean all of this stuff together uh i mean we could dig into like individual things but we could do an entire episode on how to deal with conflict and how to deal yes. with you know stagnant storylines or things of that nature which do happen um but uh, as I actually, as I mentioned about the podcast, you can always, of course, listen to everything uh, that West of the West of the Wood is doing uh, with all the adventures that we get to play in. So don't forget to come by and check that out. Um, but yeah. Yeah, the West of the Wood that has our early adventures, our newest adventures aren't aren't uploaded on there yet. Um, that's our original first probably first four years of adventures, I think. Yep. In that that's, era, in that time anyway. And then I, we have, a, I have a new group that uh, is on this channel with uh, their campaign as well, the old boys club. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's an important point again, like I said, that just to remember the group is probably not gonna change, not gonna stay the same. There will be things that change and that's fine. Um, and a lot has changed with our group over the years and including, like I said, the schedule and, um, you know, even some of our house rules, not our, not our group rules, but some of our gaming rules have changed too. The, we don't have a, we don't have too many things we changed from the regular rules. We have just a few tweaks and those have changed a bit over the years too. Yeah, exactly. Cause, uh, life changes, life gets in the way. Like we've had, uh, some players come in and then uh, they end up leaving because they get married and have children in another town. So, yeah, exactly. you know, and, yeah. and that kind of stuff happens. And, and I, cause one of the things that I think a lot of people are afraid of is, is their group splintering apart, you know, as they, you know, find a new career in a different mm -hmm. province or a different country or whatever. And, but uh, reminding oneself that that is all part of the, the experience because you have these characters come in 
they're there for a while, they might die, they might survive the entire time they're there, and then suddenly the player's like, oh, I got a new career in Toronto and I have to leave. Um, you know, and, and the internet can kind of help that sort of stuff. I've actually run a game where um, uh, I had the people playing in the living room of our place, and I had some remote players on my huge 50-inch TV uh, via Skype or whatever it was at the time. And that kind of works, but and it's kind of unique in a way be, uh, in that sort of experience, but I still prefer you know, people coming together and actually hanging mm-hmm. out in the same room, mm-hmm. which I'm hoping you know a lot of people are starting to... Uh, starting to do as as covid you know quote unquote winds down mm-hmm. um you know we're gonna have uh, a lot more time to actually hang out in person and and the other thing too is i've actually wanted to play outside in the summertime you know it's nice mm-hmm. and whatnot you know so if we ever can try that someday you never know we yeah can. well yeah we have a deck here now that we're out in the suburbs so uh That's we can definitely right. yeah, we can definitely do that so and i'm looking forward to that that's uh, gonna be epic well, we're going to leave it there because our we have some walking wounded that need to go and lay down some more. But uh, but thank you all for coming by and checking this out. Uh, we do this for the love of doing it, and also uh, you can't forget that uh, the, it's all it's, it's a game, and we should have fun with it. So how else? How else can you think of this game at all? Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. All right. Later.